Well, hello, you guys. Welcome back. Happy Wednesday. I hope you're having an awesome week. Here we are in January 2024. We've had a couple weeks under our belt. I know that sometimes we all are kicking off the year with these big resolutions, but I'm going to give you a little tip, and I'm sure you've heard this before, um, but I had heard it many, many times, but still continued to make these audacious goal setting things in the beginning of the year. And I finally realized they never worked. And within a few weeks, I was falling off plan and it was making me feel like a failure. So a few years ago, I started just making these like mini goals. I would just think about a couple things that would help me get to a place where I wanted to be. So you know that I'm a big fan of thinking about your future self. So I'd think about who do I want to be? What do I want to be like? What do I want life to look like in 10 years? Now, what's some small changes I could make? today or this year or this month that would get me there. So last year, 2023, one of the things that I worked on a lot was my sleep. That was something that I really wanted to nail in because I had started to learn and discover how important sleep really is. So I made these little mini changes all throughout 2023, lessening my alcohol, getting my sleep routine really intact before bed, Um, just really focusing on my blood sugar because I knew blood sugar was the reason I was often waking up between two, two and three in the morning, getting a handle on my hydration, all of those mini shifts that I made all throughout 2023 ended with me ending the year having seven to nine hours of sleep every single night without fail because I made all these little tiny shifts. So if you started off the year with these big audacious goals and that feels good to you, you go, you do you. But if you're feeling kind of deflated or you don't even know where to start with how you're going to move forward in 2024, what about just thinking about some smaller little shifts that you could make that will get you to the place that you want to be eventually? I hope that helps. Now, today's guest, you are going to absolutely love her. And with everything that I just talked about, this is just kind of a continuation of that conversation. Today's guest is Shauna Robbins, and she's an international best-selling author of two books, Powerful Sleep and Irresistibly Healthy. Shauna and I just had the most incredible conversation. I kid you not. In fact, we turned off the recording. We were all finished with the interview and we talked for probably 25 more minutes and she's going to come back to the show. Shauna had a cancer diagnosis in her early 30s, which, you know, so devastating and so scary. But after talking to her, I can see that that crisis that happened in her life set her on a path that created this incredible lifestyle of health and vitality. And now she helps other women through that. So you might not be having a crisis like she did in her 30s. You might just not be feeling great. You might be transitioning through your 40s, which we talk about a lot here on this show, how that can feel just so all-encompassing and overwhelming. And Shauna is a national board certified health and wellness coach, a graduate of the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. So she really can help women dial in to a plan that will help them be their healthiest self. 
I know that you are going to love this interview. I think you're going to have to literally listen to it a couple times because she shares so many incredible nuggets of how she really built this beautiful lifestyle for herself and now how she helps other people. So make sure you reach out to Shauna. Tell me what your um, biggest takeaways were from the show. Tag us on Instagram and in your stories. Share this out to your friends, your girlfriends that are in their 40s, 50s and beyond share this with them because this one's going to be good. Hope you enjoy it guys. Welcome to your weekly dose of alignment with me, your host, Michelle File. Not too many years ago, I was far from feeling aligned in my life. I was stressed out, 80 pounds overweight, insecure, and happy, but really unhappy if that makes sense. Life was happening to me instead of me creating the life I desired. In one small twist of fate, after a 20-year career as a top Aveda salon and spa owner, I completely changed the trajectory of my life. This one empowering pivot has led me to the top of my network marketing company, graduating as a nutritional therapy practitioner, and helping thousands of women make changes with their health, mindset, and finances. And this is where I get to share it all with you. I hope to bring you guests, experiences, insights, and tangible pieces of information that will help you elevate your life too. Creating a holistic approach to success is my goal. Are you ready? Let's go. Shauna, I'm so excited. I know that just the the things that you are so passionate about, I know that my listeners are going to be so excited to hear from you. So could you just first just introduce yourself and kind of share your journey to here? I know you've had quite an incredible story and I think um, my listeners would love to hear about it. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, so great to start off the year being a guest on this podcast. So I really appreciate that. Sean, I'm Shauna Robbins. I live in Santa Barbara, California, and um, my specialty is helping women, you know, over the age of 40, repair their, their sleep, uh, reignite their health, and really manage kind of this time in life where the kids are getting older, the career's a little more set, um, possibly there's some caregiving going on with the parents, which creates a lot of stress in life. And so it's this kind of this time of transition. And um, I'm actually rebranding my company in 2024 to be called Third Spark, because I really believe that this third spark of life, yeah, is um, it's so much more than just sleep. Like, obviously, women come to me because they need sleep coaching, because it's the typically the first thing that disappears as they hit perimenopause. Um, but after that, there's all sorts of other things. There's adrenal burnout, there's exhaustion, there's sex drive issues, there's hormonal issues. Um, the stress sometimes in this change of life can start much earlier than women even recognize, like even 10 years before menopause, you know, you could be in your late thirties and start to experience some perimenopause symptoms that could look like maybe your anxiety ramps up. Maybe your insomnia ramps up, maybe your weight changes, you know, all sorts of different things that um, could affect women that aren't necessarily picked up by their medical doctors. Mm -hmm. And so what I do is help women really kind of assess where they're at, where they want to go, and then how they can create a blueprint for themselves. Because unless they, you know, everybody's different. Our bodies are different. Our lifestyles are different. 
our needs are different. Our relationships are different. Everything is different. And so unless women really create um, blueprints for themselves, for their health and show up and take responsibility for themselves, then there's really, you know, no, it's such a, there's really no success strategy that's going to be there for them unless they're willing to be there for themselves. And the reason I call it third spark is because the first two sparks, I say the first spark is kind of in your, your twenties when you're establishing yourself and you're establishing who you are and your identity. Your second spark is really in your thirties when you are building a family, maybe building a relationship with a partner, you know, building your career. But once you hit your forties, like 40 to early sixties, that's your third spark. And it's like, what does your life really, what do you want your life to look like? What is really that next step for you? Um, do you want to stay vibrant in your job? Do you want to retire? Do you want to travel? Do you want to, you know, move locations? Like, what is it that as a woman really lights you up and really creates a sense of purpose and passion for you? And um, a lot of that just comes with dialing down on your health priorities and then moving from there. Because if you're sick, facing a diagnosis, you're facing something else, um, that's out of your control. It makes it really, really challenging to live your best life. Love that. I love the third spark. I think that idea is, it's kind of my message as well. I'm 49. And when I turned 40, I had a huge career change. I started, I lost 80 pounds. Like I just started. Yeah. I started that direction of really thinking about my future self. What did I want to see my, what did I want my life to look like in 10 years, 20 years? And it, it's something I talk a lot about now. How did you get here though, Shauna? So what, what's, what's your story? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. So, um, basically at 32, I was diagnosed with cancer. I had two little kids at home. Um, it was about a few years before my third would be born, but, um, I was, I was diagnosed with cancer and, um, that just really shook my world upside down before that I was a full-time working mom. I had, you know, a six-year-old and a three-year-old and I was just go, go, go all the time. And, you know, I was managing everything the best that I could. My husband worked full-time. I worked full-time. And the little ones were in school and daycare. And so it was just like nonstop hair on fire going from one thing to another. And when that surprise diagnosis hit me, um, and then I had to go through the surgery and the treatment and everything that came from that, I was down for a bit, which I wasn't used to being down, right? I was one of those like super moms to the super mom. I mean, talk about just like, the, the constant over-controlling perfectionist on everything and, and my inability to say no, my inability to put down boundaries. I mean, if they needed something at school, if they needed 15, you know, dozen brownies by tomorrow, 9am, I was yes on that. And then if my work needed a project that needed to be done in 24 hours, I was yes on that. I was yes to everybody. But what happened was I wasn't yes to myself. And so when I got the diagnosis and I went through surgery and I went through treatment, and I was actually laid up for eight weeks. Not only did people have to take care of me, but they had to take care of my children. They had to take care of my projects at work. And I thought, okay, how do I, A, recover from this and B, change my lifestyle so that I never have a reoccurrence of this again? Because what nothing was more important to me than watching my babies grow up. I did not want to leave them without a mother. And so... I really just dug deep into the research on oncology, nutrition, 
um, all different kinds of adjunct treatments that I could do that would support my cancer recovery, support my body in recovery, and then make good choices going forward. And that actually led me to, to go back to nutrition school and become a functional nutritionist because I became so passionate about helping myself heal, learning all of these things, wanting to then share it with other people in the same way. And so once I graduated and I started working with clients, then I wrote my first book on sleep. I realized what a fundamental part of health and well-being sleep was. And then I wrote my second book, um, Irresistibly Healthy, which is basically a lifestyle book for women to prevent disease and illness in their 30s and 40s so they can live a vibrant life in their 50s and beyond, which has now brought me to creating this third spark um, program and brand that I'm at now. So that's been sort of my trajectory. And I'm 16 years cancer-free. Um, I'm 51 and I was able to have a, a third child and she's a ball of fun. She's 10. And, um, so yeah, so I have, a, and that's an interesting journey as well as having children that are in their twenties all the way down to a 10 year old, um, has been fun. I basically had a kid in every decade of my life and that has been an interesting journey as well. So, um, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you know, that, that's kind of how I got yeah, to where I am yeah. now. That is an incredible story. And I can definitely tell and see why that would be such a shift, just a complete shift in your whole life. So take us back to when you decided, okay, I don't want this to reoccur. I want to be the healthiest, most vibrant person. I want to see my babies grow up. I want to have another baby. What did you, right. what did you work on first? What was it that you thought, okay, this is what I need to really focus on. And then I'm, I'm going to assume that there's been just layers as the years have passed. Yeah. I love this question. You know, I do a lot of podcasts and you're the first person to ask me this question. So I really appreciate this because, um, you know, it was my mindset. My mindset was the first thing I had to work on. I was such a martyr mom. Mm -hmm. And I really believed that to give everybody in my life what they needed was more important than to give myself what I needed. It was really that like cliche of, you know, put your own oxygen mask on before anybody else. I, I did not do that. My oxygen mask went on last. Everybody else got what they needed. And like I said, I was suffering from this superwoman syndrome. Like literally I needed to be amazing at everything. I needed to be perfect at everything. Sure, I can say that society put that pressure on me, but in the reality of it, I accepted that pressure. I accepted that identity and I paid the price for it. And so the biggest thing that needed to change, the first thing that needed to change was my ability to ask for help, to delegate things to other people, to accept progress over perfection, I really had to change my mindset from being more of a fixed mindset to a growth mindset and accepting the fact that mistakes are okay. Mistakes are important. Learning is and the process of learning. Everything I taught to my kids, I needed to really take myself. And, um, and then I really needed to walk my talk. And that's really when I needed to put what I had learned into practice. And, and it was hard. It took me a long time to really accept that. Um, but now, you know, and I'm so glad that I did because now that I'm menopausal, <laughs> I, I can't imagine my life if I was still running at the pace that I was running at. And I was running at this martyr mom and this self-sacrificing mindset. And when I coach with women in their mid forties, and I hear this from them, a lot of executive women, 
um, share what I, you know, the mindset of what I had and, and having to make that transition before you hit menopause, I think is really important and doing it without a diagnosis, doing it without an autoimmune disease, doing it without losing all your hair, doing it without losing your sleep or losing your sex drive is really hard to do. Usually there's a crisis point for women where we look at this and go, my, my life is so incongruent. My mindset is so incongruent with the person that I am or the life that I want to live or the life that my body needs me to live, to be high functioning and vibrant. So, um, so that was really the gift of my cancer was the first shift in my mindset in my thirties of saying, where am I on my own list? I'm not only at the bottom, I'm not even on the page. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, everybody else is on the page, but me, even the dog came before me, you know, it's it was ridiculous, right? It's so right. I mean, it was, it's so true. And, you know, people, women will be listening to this and laughing as we're giggling. But the truth is, most women are still living that way. They really everybody else is before them. And I a hundred percent agree with you for all the changes I've made in my life. It's, it's my mindset that had to change first. It wasn't this tactical plan or this or that. It was like how I was feeling and sort of aligning myself with my life. It was, that's what had to change first. Um, so when you're helping women now, and I don't want this to come across wrong, but when you have a diagnosis, it's like you have, okay, I've got to do something. Thank, it's a crisis. Thankfully, thankfully, most women aren't dealing with such a huge crisis. They may be dealing with like micro minor crises here and there, especially as, and you just kind of push through. So when you're working with just this average woman, who's just not feeling a hundred percent, she knows something's off, maybe just doesn't know what it is. How do you lead her into understanding and implementing those mindset shifts. So typically there's, you know, as women, we're, we're pretty tough and strong and resilient. So typically there's gotta be a, a pain point there that comes to the point where every doctor has been seen, every blood work has been done, everything has had, and they come to, you know, a client will come to me and just say, something's not right. You know, I had one client that came to me and she said, I've seen so many doctors. I have done so many tests. Every doctor tells me it's all in my brain. And it ended up being Lyme disease and not one single doctor tested for it until she came to me. And I said, you know, have you been tested for Epstein-Barr and Lyme disease? I want to see the blood work on this. Has your, have your vitamin D levels be been tested? I want to see what those are. Oh, well, no, nobody's offered that to me. Well, as uh, you know, we have to advocate for ourselves in the medical community. So, um, Boom, sure, blood tests came back. Her vitamin D levels were insanely low and she tested positive for both Lyme and Epstein-Barr. It's like, you know, so we were able to, um, to augment her lifestyle, her nutrition, her support to get her immune system, her gut health, get her immune system back on track. So I think, you know, for me, the first thing that I work with with these women is A, your intuition is right. As women, we're highly intuitive. And if something doesn't feel right in your body, something is off, you're right. It is. And second of all, you know, find someone that can support you in advocating for yourself. You just need to know the right questions to ask. Ask the questions, demand what you need from your doctor. If your doctor doesn't like it, get another doctor. I have a woman that I'm working with in San Francisco. She's amazing. 
And she asked her doctor um, to just run a hormone panel on her. She's 51 years old, hasn't had a period in a year. The doctor said, that's, that's, that's an unnecessary report because your hormones shift all the time and we won't get a good reading. And I said to her, you're 51 with no period. Your hormones are not shifting. It just shows you what your doctor doesn't even recognize about you know you requesting this test. Those two things are incongruent. So you know, go back and push again and say, I'm sorry that you feel that my hormones are shifting when I you know clearly I'm in menopause. Give me my hormone test. You know, um, and so again, it's like making sure that you have the support. You pay attention to your your instincts. You're right get the support that you need, move forward on a path of healing. Yeah. I love that. I think it's so important. We Women, I don't know why we don't feel like we can advocate for ourselves and ask more questions when we are in a position with a doctor, but it's, it's so important. I mean, I've heard it from a million clients of mine. They're just not getting the support that they need. So we, we have to take control of that and go find it, find different support. There's tons of it around or just advocate for ourselves. Now let's just know what you need to know, right? Like we don't know what we don't know. Exactly. So just understand what it is that you need to know about your body. And, um, and like you said, you know, doctors are not gods. First of all, they, they make mistakes and that's okay. And it's okay to advocate for yourself. And also, you know, women's health has not been the forefront in health studies, right? Case in point, the COVID vaccine, right? The the Pfizer vaccine. I had women in their 70s that I was coaching with that started to have periods again after having the first round of Pfizer vaccines because of the endocrine effect of that vaccine that was not tested on women. So I don't want to have a vaccine debate, but I definitely want to say, you know, recognizing that the traditional medical community is not testing, generally testing on women and women's bodies, Again, that filters down into like your PCP or your general practitioner that you go see where you have to advocate for yourself because they might not have the understanding or the studies or whatever that say, well, this is how it affects women or this is what women need or, you know, and so it's even more of an important reason to, you know, really make sure that you're, you're asking all the right questions. Yeah. I didn't know that. (laughs) I know we don't want to have a COVID debate. Although my, (laughs) no, and and I'm not, I'm not, you know, it's not a four against the vaccine, but there were definitely endocrine issues. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had clients in their thirties that wanted to get pregnant again, that were worried about taking, you know, doing the COVID vaccines because there started to be some discussion in the public media about endocrine system, um, issues Mm -hmm. with women, certain women that had gotten the vaccine. But I mean, I literally had clients of mine that were like, I haven't had a period in 20 years. And all of a sudden now I have one three weeks after getting the vaccine. It was crazy, just crazy. So, um, you know, yeah, yeah. it's, it's just good to, to follow your body and and ask as many good questions as you can. Yeah. I think women need to get better at that is just following their intuition, listening to that gut feeling and getting more confident. I know I used to be super scared of my doctor. I would just go in and like, okay, just tell me whatever and get me out of here instead of, you know, having confidence. Like this is my body. This is my life. And I, I deserve, I deserve some answers. 
This show is sponsored by the Body Fitness app, voted the number one health, fitness, and wellness app by CNN Uncensored. The Body Streaming app is more fantastic than ever. I've used it since it was created in 2016, and it's helped me stay accountable to my health and fitness, have convenient workouts from home, and I've learned how to eat properly without dieting. For a limited time, you can get a two-year membership for the price of one. If you're interested, the link is in the show notes, and if you'd like to chat, make sure you email me at hello at michellefile.com. Now, what about for the woman that feels like she doesn't even know what to ask if she's just not feeling, because that would have been me before I'd gone through all my schooling a few years ago. I, I really wouldn't even know what to start to ask my doctor. Do you have some, that might be a weird question, but I feel like there's women maybe thinking that like, okay, I'm at the doctors. I've built up this confidence. I'm going to talk more, but what do, what do they even ask for? So that's generally like when I do free consultations, like I'll do a 30 minute free consultation with someone. That's typically one of the things that comes up. Um, and you know, the, the first thing I always point to is just getting data points when you're with your doctor. Cause that's what doctors are really good at are providing data points. So like your blood work, I always recommend that women go in once a year and have their blood work done, especially if they're perimenopausal, right. if they're postmenopausal, they could probably go in every six months just to check. Um, but you know, to really have your thyroid checked, have your vitamin D levels checked, have your iron your ferrin levels checked. What are your iron stores? A lot of women have really low iron and it affects their, they, they start losing their hair or they get sick all the time or it affects their sleep, you know? Vitamin B12, there's tons of studies now that say that if your B12 levels are low, your chances of dementia as a woman, as a woman go up 80%. So get your vitamin B level, B12 levels checked. You know, there's, there's, there's basic things that are not necessarily in your blood work that you need to ask for. Case in point, like I told you, I have clients in Toronto, you know, asking within the Canadian healthcare system for vitamin D levels to be checked, which is amazing to me because, you know, it's, it's outside of what's covered. So you have to pay out of pocket to have your vitamin D levels checked, which is nuts to me because now there's all these studies between low vitamin D levels and breast cancer. So, I mean, those are completely correlated. So again, like just knowing what to ask for like that. And then on top of that, right? Um, like I have a client who just came to me and said she has Hashimoto's disease. And I was so great. She's had a hard time losing weight for years. She's had all sorts of other symptoms, thyroid-based symptoms, and I kept encouraging her to get her antibodies checked. Again, it wasn't covered by her doctor. Her doctor said, we'll do a thyroid panel, but not an antibody test. And I said, well, we need to know if the immune system is attacking the thyroid. Well, sure enough, it is. And so now she can start not only a thyroid regimen with her doctor, but we can make you know, dietary changes, supplemental changes, lifestyle changes that help support this autoimmune disease that unfortunately she has that probably could have been identified five years ago. So, um, you know, and then the mindset changes that go along with that in healing something um, like that. Hashimoto's, 80% of Hashimoto's patients are women mm -hmm. and it should be identified, but it's not because again, you have to ask for it. So um, so I would really start with the blood work and I would start with working with a health coach or working with someone who understands what you need to, it's like a, you know, like a checklist. Yeah. And unfortunately you may have to pay out of pocket and just recognizing that. And it's, it's unfair, but there's, 
you know, a lot of ways in our system that women are treated differently. And um, this is one of the many discrepancies in it. And I hope to be an advocate for women, especially as women age, where these things should be automatically covered, just like a, ma a preventative mammogram is covered in our, yes. I don't know if it is in Canada, but it is in the US. These are preventative testing. These are preventative things that should be automatically covered yeah. for all women. Yeah. Well, won't it be a nice time when that actually happens, you know, when it is just automatic? Well, I want to advocate for that so that my daughters mm -hmm. can have access to that. Exactly. You know, exactly. they should have equal access and, and it shouldn't just be women, you know, of a certain race or women of a certain socioeconomic status. It should be all women. There should be basic coverage for all of us. How close do you think we're getting to that? Well, you know, I really like the fact that menopause is becoming a mainstream topic now. Menopause is going through a mm -hmm. huge rebrand right mm -hmm. now. And I am so thrilled to be a part of that conversation and, and doing that with Third Spark, with my new, with my new program and my new company, because, you know, when my mother went through menopause, everything was hidden right? Everything was, nothing was discussed. It was the change. When my grandmother went through it. She just had a hysterectomy. Yeah. It was like, just take it out. You know, when you're 45 and you just start having irregular bleeding, doctors were like, just yeah. take it out. Um, which creates all of its own problems. Right. So like, that's, that's the old school way of doing it. My mother hid from everything. For me, it's all about, you know, how can we make this chapter of our lives a hundred percent of women on the planet go through menopause. I mean, you know, by 2025, 1.1 billion women around the world will be in menopause. This is something that our doctors don't have training in. Our OBGYNs don't have training in. There's not specialists for women, especially in third world countries. Like we need to be able to really elevate women at this stage in the game. And so I really, really want to be part of this conversation in moving the ball forward on this so that my daughters and my granddaughters and everybody else's daughters don't have to deal with what our mothers and grandmothers have gone yeah. through. I do. I do see such a shift. I loved how you worded that menopause is getting a rebrand because that's how I, mm -hmm. I feel. I feel that I have younger cousins and one of them said to me, and I think she's 37. She's like, you know, I want to get a handle on this now. So when I go, yeah. go through menopause, I'm okay. And when she said that, Smart. I was like, this is amazing that you have seen enough to realize that. I mean, it's, it's seeing it in the media and seeing more of people like you yeah. and I talking about it, that is making these younger women understand this is the decade to work on this stuff, That's which right. brings me to my next question for you. When you have women in their 40s, they're not necessarily coming to you yet with anything significant, but they do want to work on some lifestyle changes that are going to help them as they transition through perimenopause into menopause. Can you give us some, you know, three or four things that you would highlight for them to really nail? We've already talked about mindset, so maybe some different ones that they can really yes. focus on. Yes. So the big issue that I see with women in their fifties and sixties, if it's not dealt with in the thirties and forties is adrenal mm -hmm. burnout. So you, when you are younger, when you're still having a cycle, 
your adrenals are only really in charge of creating cortisol and a couple of other hormones that help to regulate your metabolism and you know this fight or flight response because you have your ovaries your ovaries are still making your sex hormones making estrogen progesterone and testosterone which but mind you testosterone is a very important thing for women to have especially as they age for all sorts of reasons but um so when the ovaries start to kind of shut down, they slow down. They're not always dropping an egg every month. You're not always having a cycle. And then they stop. Everything now transitions over to the adrenal glands to be produced. And your adrenal glands, if your adrenal glands are already in a level of burnout or, you know, um, a, a level of either overproducing or underproducing cortisol, that tax on the system just causes the whole thing to just stop working. It's like, it's like not putting oil in your car for 10 years. Right. And you're running and running and running and the engine's going. And then all of a sudden the engine can't run anymore and it just dies. Um, and that's what happens. So in your thirties and forties, if you can be more mindful of supporting your adrenals. So what, are, what are we talking about with that? We're talking about really reducing your caffeine intake right? Like if you want to have a cup of coffee in the morning, fine, but don't have one at 12 and don't have one at three and don't have one at five and don't be eating dark chocolate all day. And don't be having, you know, Red Bull and vodkas at night when you go out with your friends and don't be doing these things, right? Don't be having, um, what are the new ones? The, no, the espresso martinis, like the women that are drinking espresso martinis. It's like, are you kidding me? Like you can do that when you're 37, but when you're 47, that's absolutely going to ruin your body. So like start making better, healthier choices now. Change out your afternoon coffee for maybe some herbal tea or maybe a mushroom coffee instead, something that's caffeine free. That would be the first thing because the more caffeine you consume, the more you just burn your adrenals out. Second of all, make, you know, create dietary choices that are really, really um, supportive of your adrenals. So what does that look like? That looks like foods like bone broth and things like that, that are very calming and nurturing to the system, making sure that you're eating enough, um, you know, berries and veggies, making sure that you aren't eating processed foods. You're not grabbing a, you know, a Starbucks muffin on your way with your triple venti latte, you know, and sustaining that life that like literally in your thirties, you can get away with that even in your early forties. But I mean, all of a sudden like that, you know, that stuff is going to be ruining you in your mid to late forties and early fifties. Um, so really just being mindful of the processed food intake, the caffeine intake. Um, if you find you're already dealing with low blood, uh, low blood pressure, that's usually the first thing I see of my clients that are younger. They come to me and they say, wow, I have really low blood pressure. And that's usually an indication of adrenal burnout. So I have them add some sodium to their diet, some nice quality salt, either first thing in the morning, a little bit of little spoonful of salt in their water or a little salt throughout the day, or even electrolytes, putting electrolytes in your water. Um, that's a really nice way to support the adrenal glands. Um, I also really like supplementations that support the adrenal glands. Like I love maca root. I put that in my smoothies. Maca root is an adaptogen. It's really great for your adrenals. Ashwagandha is really great for your adrenals, um, which is Indian, Indian ginseng. Um, what else do I like to use? Um, trying to think for adrenals, you know, valerian root is something that I've been using as well. Um, just a little tincture of it before I go to bed. It's really helpful. It just kind of bringing down, calming down your nervous system. So the body can repair the adrenals. 
And, and that's the last thing, right? Is prioritizing your sleep because one of the best ways to heal your adrenals is to sleep seven to nine uninterrupted hours every night. And so really, really prioritizing at a younger age, your sleep, you know, um, and getting really good quality sleep is going to be, you're going to really help your body, keep your adrenals healthy as you age. The sleep conversation is such a big deal. I mean, I know, obviously you talk about it all the time last year, right around this time, I always make little micro goals. I'm not really a big resolution Mm -hmm. person, but my, my biggest goal of the year was just to, it's good because resolutions don't work. (laughs) So it's better to do smaller goals. But my, my biggest deal was to get control of my sleep. And the first thing I had to work on was my blood sugar because I noticed, oh, I'm always waking up between two and three. Um, if I had a glass of wine, it, here it is. It's it's a hot flash plus awake. And once I started getting my yep. head wrapped around that, cut that stuff back and learned how to deal with that, it is incredible how different you can feel after several months of having seven to eight, eight to nine hours of sleep a night. Like I feel completely different, dropped weight, yeah. have more energy. Like it is such yeah. a big conversation. So let's kind yeah. of end on the sleep topic because I know that's one of your biggest right. topics. How do you actually help women with this one? Because I think, you know, they can change their diet. They'll start exercising, but sometimes this sleep conversation mm-hmm. is a real struggle. You know, I joked with my publisher after my first book, my powerful sleep book was printed. She was like, okay, let me know when you want to do another book on sleep. And I said, well, we're going to name it sleep and grow thin because that is legitimately what happens. And I, um, I touched a little bit on it in my first book, like how we, as a culture, we have this obesity rate that is growing and growing and growing. But what I attribute that to, and the research that I did points to the fact that it's it's completely coincides with the exhaustion rate that we have and the insomnia rate that we have. One in four women worldwide deals with insomnia. And so those two things, like you said, metabolic health and sleep are completely tied together. And so if if your sleep is dysregulated, you're gonna crave more carbs and sugar during the day, which is going to dysregulate your, your blood sugar, and cause you to overconsume caffeine and then overconsume because your body is desperately craving this quick glucose to keep the brain awake because the brain is exhausted. And so, um, and the brain dictates everything that the body needs. The, the brain needs to have what it needs to have and the body will follow suit to support the brain. And the brain needs seven to nine on a number and uninterrupted hours of sleep. And so um, I, my, you know, my tips to women, obviously you just touched on the alcohol tip. That's a huge elephant in the living room for most women. Um, and it, and they, like I said, they can get away with it when they're younger, but all of a sudden they hit a time frame. for some women, it's 43, for some women, it's 47, for some women, it's 50, but typically in that time frame of early forties to early fifties, alcohol becomes such um, a problem, Such a problem for women to be able to sleep. And, and the issue too, is that we haven't developed other stress relieving, positive stress relieving, um, methodologies that we do during the day. Right. So I would really say that to support the sleep, the first thing you need to do is have a stress, a good stress management skill that could be daytime exercise. It could be walking at lunch. 
It could be walking your dog. It could be spending time in nature. It could be, you know, gratitude journaling, meditation, yoga, whatever it is. It could just be deep breathing for 10 minutes, but you need to develop some sort of stress management skill that's going to help you during the day, lower your cortisol levels so that you don't need to have a glass of wine or two or three at night to unwind, right? That is, seems to be, you know, is it wine o'clock? Oh, rosé all day. Like all this stuff that's marketed to women that somehow alcohol relieves our stress, which in the short term it does, it does depress our nervous system, but it robs us of our sleep, which creates all sorts of other problems. So I would say, you know, find a stress management skill that you like, do it every single day and do it during the day. And then the second thing is, you know, make better, um, healthier choices with your food. Because the more you can keep your blood sugar stable, which means that women need to consume more protein. A lot of women are consuming too little protein. Under 100 grams a day is too little protein. They need to be between 100 and 120, especially as they age, right? Because you're going to lose your muscle mass once you start to lose your hormones. You need to have enough protein and you need to have enough healthy fats. As you know, as women, uh, we were told that fat makes you fat. Well, that was the biggest lie we could have ever been told. Carbs and sugar make you fat. Fat doesn't make you fat, especially healthy fats like nuts and nut butters and you know avocado and olive oil and cold water fish, smoked salmon. Like these things are amazing for you. Full fat Greek yogurt is amazing for you. Tons of protein, tons of healthy fats. Put some berries in it. Put some walnuts on it. You're gonna be, you know, satiated for four to five hours. Your blood sugar is gonna be steady. You're not gonna need to snack. You're not gonna have cravings for junk food, and um, it just makes a difference. So find a way to lower your stress during the day. Level up your nutrition and also hydration. That's the other thing I see. Women really interrupt their sleep at night because they decide to drink 32 ounces of water at eight o'clock at night because they're totally parched and dehydrated because all they've had during the day is coffee and wine. And they don't hydrate either because they don't have time. Like you can't even imagine the excuses I've heard. They don't have time to use the bathroom. They don't wanna use the bathroom. They're working all day and they can't possibly get away to use the restroom. They can't carry a water bottle around with them because it doesn't look professional. I mean, you name it, like I've heard the excuses and I thought, you know what, if you could just dial back your consumption of water and drink between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. and you want to aim for half your body weight in ounces every day. I had one client that came to me. She's this amazing executive. And she was like, I'm up three, four times using the restroom during the night. She told me how much she was drinking. And I was like, oh my God, you're drinking like 200 ounces of water. She's like, I'm so good at hydrating. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're too good at hydrating, right? Like you need to dial that back to a more reasonable level and you need to cut it off by seven o'clock yeah. at night. Typical, you know, I mean, I, typical type A. Typical, right? Like, <laughs> like, like I'm going to be type A. I'm good at everything. I'm even good at my hydration. So I have the gamut of women that are like, I don't have time to drink or pee to other women that are like, I've got this hydration thing nailed. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a balance point here and there's also a time frame in which you should yeah. be hydrating. Yeah. And so both of those things need to be respected so that the sleep can be that yeah. it can just be sleep. You're not digestion, digest, digesting, you are resting. Yes. yes. Those, all yeah. of those tips were so bang on because I, that's basically the shifts that I made in the past year. And 
the sleep, like I just like get so excited about my sleep now because it's so good. But one thing that I, that right. water, I think I was very similar. I was just like, I'm going to drink all the water. And I was such a great water drinker. Uh, but of course I was just getting up too much. So I have stopped. I, I don't drink anything after six. It made a huge, right. huge shift for me and not having to wake up, which then just changes the whole night because Often, yeah. I think what happens is you wake up to go to the washroom, then your brain turns on and it just yeah. like it creates right. this whole thing and nutrition. You got to turn the light on, yeah. which stops your melatonin exactly. production. I mean, it's like yeah. the whole thing is so disruptive and you know, your bladder is a muscle, so you just have to retrain mm -hmm. it. And that's the thing. Women are like, oh, I've been doing this since I was in college or high school or whatever. I always have to use the bathroom. No, yeah. you've just created a negative habit for yourself. And now your body is just reinforcing it because now you'll still wake up even if you totally. don't have to go to the yeah. bathroom. So it takes some time to interrupt that, that mental pattern. But once you do, mm -hmm. you know, you're good to go. The other thing I think helped me is adding sea salt to my water. I think that really yeah. helped with the going, feeling like I had to go to the bathroom all the time. That seemed to stop yeah. that that sort of, cause I was, I always made jokes like, Oh my God, the two hour drive, we're going to have to stop like three times for Michelle to go right. to the bathroom. Right. Yeah. So I think right. that was really helpful. Well, in the water, having salt in the water is so important for women. Um, so many women deal with, with low blood pressure and they just, you know, they feel faint or they get up too soon. They get, they see spots, like all this stuff. They have all these signs of adrenal burnout that again, go unrecognized by the medical community. Yeah. But when you see as many women as I see, and you see the patterns, that's such an easy fix, such an easy fix. I had one client that was having a sleep issue. Yeah, she was having a sleep issue. So I said, look, I need data points on your sleep. I need to know what your heart rate is doing. I need to know how many REMs, you know, sections you're getting. I need to know how much deep sleep you're getting. So she had an aura ring. So sure enough, she wore an aura ring for a week and sent me the data points. Her blood pressure dropped so far off the aura ring that literally her body was waking her up every hour. And so it's like, we were able to catch that. She was able to take that to a doctor and we were able to work with her doctor to create a solution for her. So not only could she sleep, but her heart could get what it needs to be able to improve her blood pressure during the day, which mind you, wasn't medication. It was lifestyle right. choices, lifestyle changes. So, you know, don't be afraid of, you know, really dialing down on your adrenal health and adding electrolytes or salt to your water. I'm really glad mm -hmm. that that worked for you because it's a simple change that has a really powerful effect. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask you earlier, actually the low blood pressure. So what are some signs that women, that women could be more aware of that that might be a problem for them? What would be some symptoms of low blood pressure that we might not even think about? Okay. So feeling tired all day when you're doing all these other things, you're like, I'm doing everything right. I'm sleeping, right. you know, I'm exercising. I'm, I, I notice it's with a lot of thin women too, where they're like doing, you know, everything that they need to do. They've got their weight under control. They've got this under control. They've got that under control. They like to control things, right? It's a personality thing. They like to be in control. And those are the women when they're like, I don't understand why I just don't feel good all the time. I don't understand why I'm so tired all the time. I don't understand why I, you know, um, my hands and feet are cold all the time. I don't understand why, again, when I stand up, I get lightheaded often, or I feel like I'm going to faint often, or, you know, um, 
it kind of masquerades itself as like a thyroid, potential thyroid issue or um, potential low iron being anemic, mm -hmm. right? So I always rule those two things out. If those two things come back in blood work and th it's fine, I'm like, you need to have your blood pressure checked. Sometimes it's when they go in for like their annual checkup, yeah. right? That they sit down and they do the blood pressure monitor and they'll say, oh my God, your blood pressure is crazy low. How do you feel? The doctor will sometimes bring that up, but they don't necessarily equate that mm -hmm. to like, what does that mean? And how do I do things to fix right. it? And they don't realize that it typically is an adrenal issue and that it's affecting the heart. They think it's just a, you know, and nobody wants to take blood pressure medication in their thirties and forties, right? It's like, no, thanks. I don't want to deal with that, but they don't know what to do with that information. Right. right. And so I typically, when I've been piecing things together and I'll say, has your blood pressure been low on your last few doctors? Oh yeah, actually they, I, they did tell me last time it was a little low. Yeah. Are you cold all the time? I'm freezing yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, and then, you know, just more, more questions. I'm kind of, you know, I'm able to kind of piecemeal that back. And that's the beauty of women seeing someone like you. It's that you do this piecing together, which doesn't happen at your doctor. Yes. So it's not, yes. we're never saying that you need one or the other. It's almost becomes like a team, no. but, but it people is. like you and I, we kind of really start digesting and investigating all these little nooks and crannies and we're able to put that puzzle together. And, and as you said, it's often just some supplementation or lifestyle changes that these, I always say to people, women, it's like these small little tweaks. Like I didn't do anything major last year. It was just these like millimeter shifts that made right. such a huge difference, especially when I was just patient, continued being consistent with the shifts. And that's when I saw these big, huge results in the end, you know, at the end of the year, I was like, Oh, wow. Okay. This is amazing. I feel so good that that little micro shift that I made that little micro goal was really, you know, smart instead of these big, huge goals and falling off track within two weeks, because you're, you're setting yourself up to see whatever I'll use the weight loss as like, you want to see that 10 pound weight loss in two weeks and it doesn't happen. So you get discouraged. It's these little things that can really add up to being big, huge changes. And as our converse conversation has been leading us to this menopause and this transition in our life that as you said, we all want to go through. I say this to people all the time. You actually want to go through menopause. The alternative is not great. So we we want to no. do it. We want to thrive right. through it. So thank you. That's right. Thank you so much for this. You gave just such amazing information that I know people will be so, so much more um, able to go to their doctor or think through with more awareness as they're kind of traveling through this transition. Now, how can women find you? How can my listeners find you, work with you, connect with you? Oh, well, my website is probably the best way. Um, it's uh, shaunarobbins.com. And, um, I don't know if you'll put the link in we the, will. you know, below mm -hmm. in this or whatnot, but, um, there's a, there's a free booking link on my website and then there's more to come on my third spark program, probably in the next month that, um, they'll be able to find access right. to, and, and that will be a membership community as well as an e-learning academy. Um, and it will be, you know, for, like I said, I mean, I, I really want to create something that is part of this global rebrand, 
Um, and I really want to make something that's accessible for all women in all places, because as women, the more we unite and the more we sleep and take care of our health and take care of our well-being, the bigger force we can be on this planet. And this planet needs us to be as powerful as we can be right now. And we need to become the leaders. We need to be outspoken. We need to be the ones that are going to make fundamental changes um, that need to be made for this planet to continue to move in a trajectory of uh, collaboration, cooperation, compassion, you know, um, healing the planet, healing the issues that have been created on this planet. We need women in positions of power and we need women that have healthy bodies, clear brains, sleep well at night and can be this unstoppable force. And I want to be part of supporting that movement on this planet as a, at a global level. So I love that. Yeah. yeah we want to make this a better place for our daughters. hundred percent. And our sons, yes, right? Yes. Our children in general and, and for other people's children. I always say there's, there's no such thing as other people's children. They're mm -hmm. all our children. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's in Ukraine or Gaza or the US or wherever, you know, it's, we are all one family and women need, there's a lot of problems on this planet that can be solved if women take the forefront on things. I'm really a big believer in that. And so, but we cannot do it if we feel crappy all the time. Absolutely. We have to feel great. We have to feel powerful. We have to be able to have you know, strong mental cap capabilities. We have to be able to sleep. We have to know how to feed ourselves. We have to be able to follow our intuition. We have to be able to respect ourselves, stand up for ourselves, advocate for ourselves. This is all part of it. And um, and I'm just grateful and happy to, to be one piece in this movement that I hope over the next 50 to 100 years is gonna transform our world. Mm -hmm. Me too, I love that. Thank you so much. We, uh, I appreciate you taking this time with us. I think it's going to be so helpful for my listeners. Thanks again. All right. I know you guys loved that one. It was powerful. I hope you are walking away with some value and inspiration and things you can actually start implementing into your own life. As always, I appreciate you guys so much, and I'd really love it if you would subscribe to the show and also leave a review. Five star would be awesome. No, honestly, I just appreciate hearing what you take away from the show and how it's helping you. Make sure you're following me over on Instagram at it's Michelle File and Michelle Moore File on Facebook. I love when you guys send me messages. You tag me in your stories. It's just so fun to see that some of you are really getting some really great information from these shows and these incredible guests that I'm having on. I hope you have an awesome week and we'll see you next Wednesday.